Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Friday, January 22nd, 2021. And today we've got a very special guest for you all the way uh, from Sweden. His name is Mikhail Holm. He's here. Uh, he's a new Dauber Prospects Red Wings Prospects writer. I've been struggling to think of how to say that because he writes for Dauber Prospects and he covers prospects and i feel like i need to say prospects twice okay even though it's probably not important right uh i'm your host detroit sports writer noel bianchi the other host of this show is a kidney stone survivor and a longtime red wings fan ethan smith ethan what's going on Hi. how's it going it's going uh before we hop into the interview there was some news uh two guys placed on the covid protocol for the detroit red wings john merrill and sam gagne landed themselves uh on the covid list Folks, it's going to happen. We already saw Robbie Fabry, Adam Ernie going out. It seems like all things considered, the Red Wings have handled it better than most teams so far, simply because of the fact that they haven't had to cancel a game yet. Uh, so that, I guess, is the positive sign. And we'll just keep our fingers crossed. Make sure that this series against Chicago over the weekend doesn't uh, get tarnished in any way. What's your prediction? I, I think they're coming out of this weekend 4-2-0. That's just me. I think so, too. I just feel bad for Chicago's goaltending. I do too. They uh, and Patrick Kane. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel bad for them at all. Okay. All right. At this time, we now welcome on a very special guest. He is writing about the Detroit Red Wings Swedish prospects for Dauber Prospects. His name is Mikhail Holm, and he is our guest today at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Mikhail, what's going on, man? Good to uh, good to see you. Uh, good to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. So tell us uh, a little bit more about this new role. It sounds like you are going to be covering the, obviously the Swedish prospects for the Red Wings, which also means you're going to be covering all the prospects for the Red Wings, right? That's. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's only Swedish prospects for the Red Wings right now. It seems like, (laughs) but yeah, I'm covering actually all prospects for Red Wings, but but I'm also, um, I'm also the regional scout for Sweden for double prospects. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do both right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, how did you get involved in that? We talked a little bit before you said you're a, you're an educated journalist. Uh, you know, where have you worked before? What kind of expertise you bring to the table? I know you're a big SHL fan. You were telling us that before we started. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been doing a little bit different stuff uh, all around the, uh, all around Stockholm. Basically I've been, uh, a hockey commentator for uh, Hugh Gordon, which is the Swedish team in Stockholm, where uh, they have uh, like Alexander Holtz and stuff playing. Albin Greve, of course, I need to mention because the Red Wings, the Red Wings <laughs> connection. Uh, but yeah, so I've been I've been doing just a bunch of things. I've I've lived in the Netherlands for a year working with social media, and yeah, I've just been running around basically trying to find something I like. So tell me a little bit about how you uh, like to do your coverage. You're a big rankings guy, you're a breakdown guy, uh, a film guy. What, what can people expect when they tune into uh, Mikhail Holmes' Red Wings coverage? 
Uh, I, I mostly watch the games and focus on a certain player or certain players, depending on uh, how I watch them. Sometimes you get breakdowns from we have a double prospect. We have the opportunity to get um, like film from Instat, so Insta Hockey. So we, so I can watch every shift of a certain guy. And that's mostly what I mostly what I do. And then I, of course, catch the games live. From the SHL, mostly you, Gordon, which is my team, and um, yeah, uh, then that's basically how I do it. And I break them down. I I don't break them down. I just focus on the guy and and write what I like, write what I don't like, and sometimes I try to get some statistics as well. But I I don't really have the patience to like sit and watch through everything all the time. So I <laughs> mostly just try to like get get notes on the guys and try to go from there, and then uh, yeah, then just discuss the plays with my teammates uh, Dauber so yeah that's basically how I do it well hopefully you like this because uh like I mentioned there's a lot of ground to cover and we should probably just get right into it because there's one guy well there's a couple guys in particular that everybody's really interested about uh I would say the top two being Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond but given the highlights that we have seen coming out of the SHL this year I would say Mo Sider is honestly firmly in that number one spot of prospects that Red Wings fans are the most excited about because what they've seen out of him after his draft year. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? And uh, I guess, is he the best defenseman in the SHL this year? Can you tell us that or? Uh, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> we had to try. He's, he's been, he's been really, really good. And it's, he's uh, such a fun player to watch as well. So. Uh, it's. Uh, I, I think uh, there was some concerns when Red Wings picked him at six, six overall. But I think that those concerns have gone pretty much quiet. There's still some, maybe people still have some issues, but I think he's proven that he's have that he has good offensive upside. That was one of the question marks, and I, I mean, his skating is brilliant. He he just smashes people everywhere he just throws hits uh, hits after hits so uh yeah it's uh, it's, uh, it's fun to watch him in sweden he's really he's really grown on me as well as a player watching him so far this year we're well in a perfect world we like to imagine that his skating and defense and a little bit of offensive ability will immediately translate to the NHL do you see him if his season ends early enough in Sweden that he'll be able to come over here and make an impact on the Red Wings um that depends I don't remember which date is the last day for uh for a regular season because I, I would assume that the Red Wings don't make the playoffs this year that's yeah. at least my guess but we're we're tied we're we're you know we're we, we are tied for first place right <laughs> yeah. now Mikhail yeah, yeah four games sure. in the season Tampa Bay hasn't played in a week but we are tied for first place <laughs> that is true that is true no let, let's let's assume detroit does not make the playoffs yeah uh, i think that, um i i'm not sure when the Swedish season ends but maybe he could squeeze in a game or so in the end of the season but i don't think that's possible because the uh, the Swedish league is also a little bit pushed forward because of the because of a lot of teams have covid cases and a lot of games have been moved and stuff so I'm not sure if he's going to play a few games this year. Uh, like if the season is over, then the Red Wings definitely should just bring him over and try to get him going as soon as possible in the NHL. Because I feel like he's he's ready for it. 
especially next season with another uh, some summer to practice and just work out and get better on all the all the things. So yeah. What did you know about him coming over before this season? And I guess were you surprised? by anything because he like Ethan just kind of touched on slamming the body all over uh, every day. It seems like there's another clip coming out of Sweden of him just crushing somebody or pissing somebody off with some bully antics. And obviously we love it. Were you aware of just kind of how much of a pest he was on the ice or have, is that something that's kind of grown over this past year or kind of how have you seen that all shake out? I did not know that he was such a such a bully on the ice. He, uh, I, I I knew he was big. Like, of course, he's six four, right, or something like that. Yeah, he's pretty big at least. And uh, he, yeah, I didn't expect him to crush people, uh, and definitely not men. But he's just he's just running rampant, and it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun to see him in the NHL as well because it's gonna he could be a pretty uh, make a pretty big impact just just off those hits that he that he creates all right we'll get right back to our interview with Mikhail Holm in just a second but first i got to talk to you guys today about betonline.ag only 3 football games left this this year this season Damn. and the next uh by this time next month we won't have any football to gamble on. And that's a shame because you could be winning money. You could be earning yourself a little cash while having fun. Uh, there's only one place that has you covered and only one place that we trust. And that is betonline.ag. They've got uh, all the best odds. They've got props galore. They've got futures. They've got money lines, totals, game lines, whatever you want to bet on. BetOnline.ag has, and of course, that transfers over to hockey too. You can bet on over or you know over under uh, for one team. You can bet on totals for both teams. Puck line, money line, like I said, they got it all. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On, and you will receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's promo code Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive a fifty percent. Welcome bonus with your first deposit at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Fedorov gives him the business. We were kind of going back and forth in the DMs last night, and I said one thing that I've recently started to wonder about, and it's not a concerning point yet, but though that physical way he plays, sometimes like, yeah, it's awesome. We love it. Hell yeah, get in there, bully the other guys, make them wish they were anywhere else but on this hockey rink with you. We love that stuff. But I've also seen a lot of clips where he's taken a bump where that looked a little not so comfortable or just something along those lines where he's had to go out for the rest of the game. Does that give you concern at all? Like, is there a recklessness element to it that might give you a little bit of worry? I mean, yeah, you could be a little bit worried, but I think that's also something that when players get older and gain more experience, that they they tone it down, they they reel it in a little bit more. I also think like just having like maybe having someone to talk to him and like just practice with him that it, like you don't have to go in this hard or this much all the time. You can just like tone it down a little bit and just make a smart hit or you don't have to like destroy every single opponent, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a pretty so, awesome thing to have to tell somebody. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun as well. <laughs> 
what have you seen uh because so he actually he came on our show uh about a month ago uh and he talked about playing with eric yelenos what have you seen just i guess playing those two together and uh the impact that yelenos has had on cider well i think it's smart to play a guy like cider with jonas who has a, a pretty good nhl experience so i i uh, I haven't really seen. I haven't. I have. I have seen. Haven't seen enough of Cider before this year, so I can't really see say like how much it it has affected him. But I I think uh, having Jonas by his side just, as I said, reel him in a little bit. Maybe sometimes to just maybe cover up for him if he does a little bit more like crazy stuff at times. That's uh, that's just good for him, and he can also have someone to just uh, teach him. Uh, things you need to learn before he goes to the NHL, you know? Okay. Lucas Raymond. Is he, yeah. where, well, I guess it's a quite more of a question for you. Like who is, who's been your favorite Red Wings prospect to kind of follow along with so far this year? Um, this year it's Raymond for sure. Uh, or Cider. I don't, yeah. Raymond. I think I just love Lucas Raymond as a hockey player. Um, before this year, it's always been Albin Grieva uh, because uh, I followed him since he was since before his draft year, so I've seen a lot of Albin. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, Lucas is, this year has been my favorite to watch. I'm also a Hugh Gordon fan, so I'm a little bit biased towards uh, Greve. So there we go. Bit, uh, <laughs> a little bit that way, but you know. Uh, well, I don't know if we should start at, at World Juniors or we should start at the SHL. I guess we'll start with the SHL because that started first technically, and that has happened. Uh, also more recently as well. So what in this SHL season have you seen out of Lucas Raymond that you've liked the most? Because I remember, you know, around the draft time, one of the big flags on him was, hey, he only played 10 minutes a game. Hey, didn't really produce in that time. Not really his fault. It just is the nature of the beast and the minutes he was getting. But in an expanded role, what, uh, what has he really excelled in and kind of taken over the game? Yeah, I really like how he's developed his de- defensive skills. He had those before, but just like the way how hard he works and how just how like he stick lifts the puck and stuff. And if you want to like get carried away as a Red Wings fan, he shows like shades of that joke sometimes. Mm, but like, <laughs> I would love to get carried away, Mikhail. Yeah, <laughs> but that's uh, that's maybe a, l- a little bit too far. But uh, but if you want to go that way, uh, I can make the comparison. Of course, uh, I think Raymond is just so solid and he, I think the thing I've seen this year as well is he he carries himself like a star player he he looks like he oozes like confidence every every time I see him on the ice and I I don't see a difference in his game either like between the world juniors and the SHL I feel like he he's doing like the he just look, looks the same all the time so I, I don't think anything phases him really what did you make of uh, his tournament in specific? Because there were a lot of guys who kind of shined a little bit, including Elmer Soderbaum, who we, of course, will get to in just a second, the between the legs beast. Uh, in, in the tournament, when, when all this pressure is on Lucas Raymond, obviously Sweden kind of ran into a little bit of COVID trouble that may have hampered its chance at success. But given those circumstances, how do you think that he carried not only his play as an individual, but helped carry his team in less than ideal circumstances. Uh, I think he was he was quite clearly the best Swedish player in the tournament. I think he was also 
um, carrying that team at times when they needed to. And he even he, he didn't have neither he or Holtz had a lot of like lucky lucky breaks during the tournament, but he. He just kept on. He didn't let anything like um, get him down. He just pushed on and just tried to create chances and scored goals. And yeah, he was. Uh, I thought he was brilliant in the World Juniors, and I thought he was. Uh, he was a leader as well. I think it was. Uh, it was a good good thing to see that he just started like putting the team on his shoulder and trying to make a difference. Now, I w- I want to ask you a question. It's more of a comparison between a player who's close to leading the SHL in points in Jonathan Berggren and Lucas Raymond. Um, could you, cause they're both smaller players, both smaller skilled players. Um, I don't think as many Detroit fans are as uh, informed with Berggren as they are with Raymond. Could you give us just a, a I guess a um, bit of a breakdown between the differences and similarities between the two? Well, I think the biggest difference this year is that Bergen has more um, more experience on the SHL level. He, I think he um, he's taken a step in the. He, I don't think he had much power play time last year. I think that has helped him, and he's also getting a lot more just uh, time on the ice during games. But I think um, the kind of similar, I think Raymond is more of a a little bit more two way uh, player than. Uh, than Bergen. I think Bergen is more of a straightforward uh, offensive player. I, I feel like uh, Bergen's season is a little um, a little bit similar to when Oscar Lindblom broke through in Sweden a couple of years ago before he moved to the Flyers. I feel like they, they're a little bit similar. They have a little bit similar stats as well, like point-wise. So I feel like that's maybe somewhere you can throw Bergen in, like a Oscar Lindblom type of player. And I think Raymond is more of a star player, of course. Uh, Bergen is somebody who, I mean, he kind of ran into a little bit of uh, injury. I wouldn't say trouble. Uh, well, I guess I would say trouble. It's trouble for him. Uh, and I and I think he's somebody that Detroit fans, you either forgot about or you kind of started to start hedging your expectations and things like that and then not only does he return stay healthy and look good he returns stays healthy and is leading the shl in points for a considerable amount of time uh in the season i guess were you expecting that did you know that that player was still inside jonathan bergeron or, or would this kind of catch everybody off guard I knew it was good. Like I, I saw, I've seen him quite, quite a bit in the SHL through the last is it three seasons, I think, or something. But uh, I didn't expect him to be a point per game player, maybe. But it's just, I think it's just a combination of like getting more, uh, more his coaches like giving you more ice time, and he's just gaining more confidence from that, and just getting put in like bigger situations. And I think he just thrives in in playing those bigger situations and. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's great to see because you always saw the talent there with him. And uh, so, yeah. There's an old man sitting next to me Make love to his tonic and gin <laughs> uh, Another guy that I was curious about, Joe Valeno. He is drafted in the first round along with Phillips Adina in 2018. And uh, Phillips Adina has really separated himself, I guess, from Joe Valeno, I guess, in that 
draft class to whereas Philip Zadina is a second line NHL regular now who has started the season off looking really promising. And Joe Valeno took a little bit while to get going, but based on what I've heard, he started to put things together a little bit this season in the SHL on a not very good team in Malmo. What is your assessment of him and what you've seen from him this year? I like most of the things I've seen from him this year. He was put on like their best, uh, the best line immediately, I think. And he was playing with um, Fredrik Hendemark, who's with the Sharks right now. I think he's under their taxi squad or something. So he played with pretty good players, but Malmo, as you said, isn't a very good team this year. But I think he's, especially since is it like November or early December or something, he's really taking a step forward and starting to score more goals and just becoming, I think it just took a little while for him to get more used to the, the big eyes and playing against men and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah. It's just a different. It's just a different way to play the game in Sweden compared to the AHL because there's so much focus on the defense, and the defense is pretty good in Sweden. So you have to get like more used to the the way the the, the defensive play of every, all the teams in Sweden. And when you get used to that, then you can get going, and that's where I think uh, Valeo has done. I've kind of brought that up a couple times too, and I actually brought that up with Mo when he came on the show. Of just, it'll be nice to have that one year of playing in a different play style, a uh, different ring size, like all of that stuff wrapped up in one, I would imagine is not bad experience by any means. No, not at all. I think it's great, especially for a defenseman like uh, Cider. It's uh, it's great for, because they just get so much more time compared to smaller, smaller rings. But, so yeah, I think it's but it's also good to just like start and try out new stuff because you don't have that same pressure on you as a first round pick playing in the AHL. People expect a lot more from you when you're in the SHL and you're loaned out. They're like a little bit more unknown commodity, even people even though people know the name of course and like know that he was the first round pick. He gets a little bit more um, more leeway to try this new stuff and try to get uh, try to get better really. Uh, Almer Soderblom, where the hell did that come from? I think he was a star maybe of the world juniors, the, maybe not the star of the world juniors. Not, no. I wouldn't even call him the breakout star of the world juniors, but just like the Holy hell, where did this guy come from? And I'm obviously a little bit biased because I watched all of Sweden's games. I didn't watch all of everybody else's game, but that to me was just like the most, whoa. And <laughs> like, did you, were you surprised by that? Did you know he could do that? I mean, Take us through what your reaction was to his play. I knew he could do that because I've seen him in the in the front of the junior teams, and he's an insanely fun player because he's six foot eight and he's he just got those those insane hands. It's just just ridiculous to watch him play because he just like if he he does a toe drag, he goes from one like one, one side of the eye to the other basically because it's just he has such a long reach, but. But yeah, he's he's uh, he's a really fun player. Um, he needs to improve his skating. But I, like, I saw him earlier this year in like October, I think, or September October game, and uh, that was before he got injured because he got injured for a little bit uh, when he played in the World Juniors. That was first his first game in like two and a half months or something. So um, it was uh, it was fun to see that he's improved his skating a little bit during that time off that he had. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's just insanely fun because there's not a lot of players <laughs> like him. 
I think it was uh, Craig Button. He said in one of the first games of the tournament, he said, uh, you know, when you draft guys like him, you're taking a bit of a gamble because you're basically it's it's one of those things where the potential is limited by <laughs> their ability to just physically keep it all together. I mean, you're six, eight, however many pounds and you're trying to be a super fast handsy forward in the, the, in a hockey league. And there were question marks about whether he would find that and be able to mesh the two. So it was nice to see him do just that on a national stage. Yeah, for sure. And it's just, uh, it's just fun to see him, especially it works. His style works a little bit better in, uh, in, in the, in the junior setting because he, if he can just like, put the stick away from the players and no one can take it away because he just puts out, put out his, uh, his butt and like covers the puck and then just no one can take the puck away from him and he just <laughs> starts to like get going a little bit. But it's a little, he has a little bit tougher time with that in, in the SHL right now, but he's, he's starting to get going. He got his first goal a couple of weeks ago and he got an assist today. So he, he starts to get going in the SHL as well. So it's going to be interesting to see. He needs to get grow stronger he's a bit a little bit weak for being a six foot eight guy he 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 needs to improve his balance a little bit but i think he's a very uh, determined guy from what i heard and he's also a very uh, hard-working guy so and it comes from a family with like professional athletes just all over the place his brother plays in, in the is a goal is a goalie and colestio uh, in the shl so I think he's just going to push himself to grow stronger and better, and he can he can definitely become a, a really nice uh, or a nice piece for for the Red Wings in the NHL. Thomas Holmstrom two point Homer, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or Franz, whatever. You... God. So uh, Theodore Niederbach, uh, yeah. kind of a guy that's lit it up in the uh, lower rankings in Sweden, but has maybe not had the most success. Uh, at the professional level in Sweden. Um, yeah. He's he, he also had a, gr- a good world juniors. Mm-hmm. Kind of still the, I don't want to say the jury's still out. I don't think that's anywhere near the right well, he's term I want to use. Prospect. Right. Just a little bit raw. Uh, what are you seeing from him? Uh, I see a smart player. He, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's very talented with the puck. He, he needs to work a little bit more on like getting on uh on, on like without the puck, especially when his team has it. But I feel like he's uh, he's going to become a a solid player. And if he just like if you, I just think he needs to continue his development by continuing to working hard and just just improve the improve on on his skills. And he's going to be a he, he'll he'll be an NHL player someday. I feel like. Um. So yeah, he just needs to keep keep grinding. Really, that's what I think. He's in. He's loaned out now to to the second second division in Sweden. With so Moto, uh, right? Yeah, Moto. Yeah. Can so you explain he, he, to people who don't know, including me, to be quite honest? Like, I guess what the how the levels of that go, and I guess how you would rank the leagues and things like that. Sorry, I'm talking with my yeah. big hand guy. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, so you can get promoted or relegated in Swedish hockey, basically. So okay, so you have the SHL, which is the top league. Then you have Hockey Allsvenskan, which is the second tier, and then you have Hockey Estland, which is the third tier. So you can get promoted from these um, 
these leagues basically and uh, Modo is a very famous club of course with uh, has developed a lot of young players but they they got relegated a couple of years ago and haven't really gone back up again and um, yeah so they're in the second tier now and it's uh, it's a little bit different but it's for a forward I don't think it's that much of a difference like if you perform well in, in uh, Hockey Asvenska you can perform well in SHL as well and up higher levels because the, the defensive side is pretty much similar. It's a similar. It's just a little bit slower, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, we uh, we got a couple more guys to get to. Two defensemen, uh, one that was at World Juniors, one that was not. We'll start with William Wallander because we did miss him uh, at the tournament in Canada to end the year. Uh, how has he been with his team this year? And I guess just a general overview of how he's performed since being drafted. I think he's been all right. Uh, he, he has some adjustments to do to to get or to he needs to adjust his game a little bit more when he plays in the with the men in the men's league than compared to his junior his junior team. But I think he's performed well. He's in he's in mode as well as Anita Buck. And um, yeah, he's he he needs to improve his defensive side of the game. But that I think he. That I think he gets to do when he plays for for the men's team. So I think just to, um, he 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 is a little bit the same as Niederbacher. He just needs to, he needs to keep on grinding and try to become a better defensive defenseman, but still work on his offensive skills, which is all, which are really really good. Like he's a terrific offensive defenseman. All right, we'll uh, get to Gustav Berglund and Alvin Groove another time, unless you were really dying to talk about them. No, I, 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 mean, I can talk <laughs> about it. It's fine. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll we'll skip those guys for now. This is we'll, we'll get more into maybe specifics uh, at another yeah. time, but we'll we'll stick with Albert Johansson because he's a guy that I think Red Wings fans are really excited about. Like he maybe after Mo might be it's definitely the second defenseman prospect that everybody's excited about i guess besides yeah. tyronic but as of this year you can't really call him a prospect anymore i feel um how close is he is he is he a 2021 roster guy is he a fringe guy to start next year's camp or i guess where do you see him fitting in i think he's more towards fringe side i'm not sure really um uh, I, I didn't think he was that great in the world juniors he he had to be a little bit of a like a cleanup guy for Victor Soderstrom, which is a more offensive player, and uh, uh, well, he's better to be frank <laughs> than Albert uh, Johansson right now. But I think in in the SHL, he's proved uh, he's proved that he's really really good, and he's done a great job with the Ferry Um I think just uh, he he's. Uh, I think he's a fringe guy. I think he needs a year in the NA, in the AHL to like get used to the smaller rink and just to, to develop a little bit more. And then he could probably be a you know, NHL player the 2022, 20, 23 season I get to this. <laughs> we're, we're able to uh, figure out those years real quick. Cause all we do is look ahead. So we're, I'm always like 2022, 23. I'm, I'm always like got a yeah. calculator in my head of how many yeah. years uh, or what, how many years ahead a certain season year is like it's pretty messed up actually but it is yeah. what it is and we're getting better like i said we're two and two Tampa lightning haven't played in a week but they're tied for first place and there are obviously many good things on the way mikhail thank you so much for joining us today dude 
I have uh, loved this a lot. I would love to have you on again. Um, where can people find you on Twitter? Where can people find your, your work? Where can people read about uh, your Red Wings coverage? Well, thanks. First of all, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I'm, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Carl Mikael Holm. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. I probably need to spell it out, but it's C-A-R-L-M-I-K-A-E-L-H-O-L-M. So There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can find also uh, my work probably at dauberprospects.com where I usually update the players. Uh, I'm going to update the, their, their, yeah, their, their profiles, basically, the Detroit Red Wings prospects. I also do cover Swedish prospects. So I'm, I'm doing rankings, and we have a lot of things coming out on Dauber Prospects uh, later this, or is it early February, I think, we're going to have a little bit fun stuff coming out and uh, yeah so that's where you can find me for now cool all right carl well thank you so or mikhail i don't know i just thought of your twitter name sorry <clears throat> no worries <laughs> all right mikhail thank you so much for joining us today man this was a lot of fun and uh look forward to talking to you again in the future i'm sure we'll talk to you around playoff time when when mo and lucas are fighting for the chance are they still in first and second place roglin for Lunda? I think so. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, some, something like that. All right, perfect. Well, we'll we'll talk to you later on down the road, man. Thank you so much. This is yeah. Great. Thanks for having me, guys. It was a pleasure. So, all right, everybody, enjoy the interview with Mikhail Holm from Dauber Prospects, and we will see you back here on Monday, same time, same place. It's your team every day. Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.